welcome to Arcade Couch, the best place to chill with your friends and get your gaming goodness every Monday at 6am. Uh, and best place to get your gaming content for 2021. Fucking boom, yeah. <laughs> Fucking claiming the throne. Jay-Z, but not Kanye because we don't like him anymore. Uh, that album they did, you know, the, that was a great album. Anyway, uh, my name's Dylan Blight. Join me <laughs> for this year and uh, for this episode. Uh, Ashley Hobley. Hey Dylan, excited to be here. 2021, am I right? Yeah. What a great year. You know? Yes. Down with orange people. The people who fight for orange people. <laughs> <laughs> also, Lucky here. there was like no news that <laughs> nothing in the world happened in between when we last recorded and when we crawled. I mean, we don't really now. cover the election, so. Well, I was going to say, we're not a political show. No. Well, I'm, I feel like we would have worked away. <laughs> I probably would have said something. I'm sure we would have had jokes. Uh, but that's yeah. fine. I'll say you care much. Uh, and it's Kira Much, and I'm here to represent all the video game Star Wars fans as I play for you your current anthem as we escape EA. Wow, the, co- the podcast is officially copyright. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Thank uh, God for loopholes, am I right? Yeah. Um, put a pin in that because, yeah, we'll be, we'll be coming back to Star Wars and EA in, in no time for sure. Uh, also on the show today, we're going to be talking about Resident Evil Village details. Gamers are horny about the tall lady, so we'll talk about that being horny because... <laughs> It's a week. Uh, and then we're going to catch up on the news we've missed, including, as Karen just hinted, that Star Wars news, Lucasfilm news, some other bunch of news. Uh, Hitman 3 is the biggest game that's launched so far this year, so I'm going to talk about my impressions on that so far. Uh, but firstly, I just thought I'd just go like, well, it's 2021. I don't know if anyone actually has a, a good answer to this question, but like, because I, I, I thought I would come in and go, hey, did you enjoy your break? What have you been playing? I don't know. Everyone's going to go. I haven't really played fuck all. So <laughs> I was like, well, that's not a very good way to start the first no. arcade catch year. So, Ash, uh, are there yes. any games, games adjacent events or whatever things that are tickling, tickling your fancies for 2021 that you can think of? That I'm excited for? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Horizon. Oh. Forbidden West. Fingers crossed. Uh, fan, Persona 5 Phantom Strikers. Oh, oh. Just because the memes at this point, I feel like <laughs> it better come out this February, I'll tell you what. Um, and hopefully, all fingers crossed, PAX 2021. PAX Australia 2021. I'm with you on that one. And I got all these people. They, they to- changed their logo, so. Yeah. I got about, they're like, hoping. On that, I'll say something real quick. I, so I was on the people, I like see them post that or reply. I'm like, you know, a gif of, you know, whatever, nodding or whatever. A lot of people get excited. There were some people being a little bit of a uh, negative dances, I thought. Uh, in the, you know, like, oh, don't get excited yet. The pandemic could still be happening. I'm like, look, no one's saying that if Australia goes to shit by October, we're going to just rock up old maskless and be a super spreader event. Yeah. <laughs> but we're, we're just, people are just trying to get their hopes up for an event. Like, you know, yeah. leave them alone. Just fuck's sake. Um, Ken, is there anything that... I'm excited for for 2021 to be a year where gaming kind of starts getting a little bit back on track in terms of having people at events. Not having... Like, even though online shows are 
great and whatever. I think having live reactions of crowds is fantastic. I think E3 wasn't the same without its audiences and without its massive stage presentations. Uh, but hey, who knows if E3 is even going to do that this year. But really, I think this year, I'm not... I think I could say I'm going to be excited for any one game, but I think at the same time, I'm just going to be excited to play whatever games do come out. I don't think... I'd, I I want to be one game where there isn't like pressure to be like, man, all these games are going to come out this year. We're probably going to get a billion delays again. I'm very excited for Deathloop when Deathloop comes around. I'm really excited for Ratchet & Clank when Ratchet & Clank comes around. Um, but I'm very kind of still on the, you know, there's a lot of, going to be a lot of delays this year. I think it's just going to be part and parcel of um, gaming and as well as pretty much every industry that kind of does these release dates across the world. So I have... Uh, I've laid out my answers in my head as as a couple of points. Firstly, a game that's because you don't want to look too far in the future. I don't want to, you know. So a game that I know for sure, assume that it's definitely going to come out that I'm excited about <laughs> is Ratchet and Clank. Um, I feel like yep. that that one's a shoe in. I feel like Horizon is a bit. Horizon's like, weird. I'd I'd love to know how much of Horizon was affected by the remote workforce and kind of mm. how they've had to change the way they're working around in the probably everything but i mean for gorilla like if i had to rank them ratchet and clank then horizon and then god of, god of war still got that 2021 release date and that's the one there's where no I'm like, way <laughs> there's no way i can't <laughs> see that happening <laughs> so um Not unless it's a spin-off i mean maybe there's no two on it yeah that's true they never officially said the title um yes yeah, so i'd go ratchet and clank you as play a- as thor People won't like that. A God of War Ragnarok where you play as Thor. <laughs> People ain't gonna like that. People ain't gonna like that. Um, no. Triple A game that I know is coming out, Ratchet Clank. Uh, indie game that I know should be out soon that I'm excited about. Your boy Fist. Game of the Year 2021. Yeah. It's happening this year, everyone. We've been waiting a while. Make sure you tune in the first episode of Platinum Explosion for 2021 this Wednesday. <laughs> that was my <laughs> cross promotional. Um, and then if I and then I was gonna say PAX as well, uh, because obviously it's like it felt weird not having a PAX. It's just it was like mm, when you yeah. when you start going every year for several years in a row, and you know you just expect to go ro- rotate into a year and go to a PAX. So it's like well, without that, like it's kind of like the bookend of like the year almost in terms of okay, you know you reach PAX and then you kind of start working into the end of the year and you start winding down and like when we got to the point when we had our break for our, for explosion network this year i was like doesn't really feel like we should be taking a break yet like it doesn't feel like we really i'll tell you what i felt like i deserved it i know dylan did and and you know what people it was a wild achievement that dylan actually took a break for once it was amazing yeah Yeah. how many games did you play none none i played there was one night where buddy shout out to radio watson buddy watson um where he messaged me and was like can you just play fucking like are you gonna ever play video games and i think that was like somewhere towards the 14th, 15th or something around that date. And I played a couple hours of Call of Duty. Uh, Call, what's it called? Cold War, right. I played a couple hours of multiplayer of Cod Blops. Uh, and that's it. That's all I've played on my break until uh, this week, where I'm going to talk about some things we've been playing this week. But, that, but that's it. But I've got a lot of content for What Do You Want to Watch. So tune in to What Do You Want to Watch this Friday, 6 a.m. Whoa, Australia's announced. <laughs> it's going to be a five-hour episode. <laughs> As I discuss everything I fucking watch. But I've got to be honest, like, I, I don't, like, like, I feel like I can have this conversation. It doesn't really matter what happened. But for, like, the whole, um, I, I definitely feel like, and I did it last year, where we take a couple of weeks off Explosion Network, and I just don't want to play games, really. Not because I'm like, 
Um, not because I'm like, oh, I feel like so forced to play games constantly, but it is the thing that I do the most of um, for, like, throughout the year. Let's be for real. You, the, especially like you should have been burnt out. Any normal human being should have been burnt out somewhere like last March, last April time where you like squeezed out that hundred hours, hundred plus hours of Persona 5 and then ran into and, Final Fantasy 7 remake. And I did and Doom as well somewhere around it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> there was, there was, yeah. and Last of Us, you ran into that and we were doing playthroughs for Last of Us. I think, yeah, there is a lot of work and I, and I feel like anybody who's in reviews, especially, you know, your smaller um, media for, forums and networks, it's fucking it's a hell of a lot of work and anybody who uh is able to pump out that many games and do everything is uh impressive as fuck yeah i gotta be honest there sometimes i wish we were just a movie website because i'm like man <laughs> 90 minutes of watching something and then just r- write a review and talk then about you have it an opinion fucking <laughs> yes please <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> fucking some of these games like oh you got 50 hours and then you gotta fucking spend the time writing review and i'm like get out of here you fucking junk anyway um yeah that's I think I said everything I was excited for. Uh, and then, oh, oh yeah, my last thing was just going to be the surprises because I know I know something's just going to surprise me. It does every year, and then it'll it'll probably end up being one of my favorites of the year. And that that that's usually the most exciting things. As as Hades kind of was for a lot of people last year. Yeah, exactly. So whatever it, was, it wasn't a surprise, but for a lot of people, it was like for people who weren't paying attention uh, yeah. through the early access, I guess. So yeah, whatever whatever fills that sort of box, I guess, is the thing I'm most excited about, uh, especially because it's the first official year of a uh, of the next gen consoles. You know, with like they, mm. they only came out a couple months ago. I know it seems like we've had them a year, <laughs> for years at this point. Kind of, they settle into your house, and you're like, okay, there they are. After all that time of talking about them, anyway. Uh, so looking forward to some exciting things that they probably just haven't announced. I've had to pick one thing for every sort of console uh, since I did a PlayStation one would be Ratchet at the moment. Xbox would probably be Hellblade, uh, yep. Senua Saga at the moment, and then my Nintendo one would probably be whatever Pokemon game they reveal uh, they bring out for the 25th anniversary because they're going to bring out something for the 25th anniversary. Yep. So, <laughs> I think in general, I'm just excited, especially for the next generation of gaming on the new consoles, is to just start getting more experiences that are built for those consoles. I think as you know, my, many of the games were either prepared for the last generation or kind of built for. Um, that hybrid name we aren't getting people using the fantastic dual sense for the PlayStation Five. You know, so like Ratchet and Clank's all going to be all those weapons are going to feel different. They're going to feel different. It's going to be shit's going to be intense. No, no load times. What? I don't know. So even play uh, that is a point to that because even playing Hitman Three this week, you know, it's like a it's cross generational game and it runs at sixty frames per second and that's nice and everything. But load times are nearly non-existent. Oh, that's nice. But you can tell it's a it's not a but the fact game. is, like, <laughs> it, it's the same with playing through um, Immortals Phoenix Rising. It's the fact that, yes, the load times are super short, but at the same time, I'm still seeing a load screen. Yeah. There's still a load screen animation. I think that's what Hitman does. It pops up for, like, one second or one It pops up for, like, one or two seconds, yeah. but it's not that seamless. Um, like, I, my, my comparison is always going to be currently the fast travel in Spider-Man Mars Morales. Because that shit is instantaneous and is insane. Yeah, because that's that's um, built for it. Uh, where these yes. these games are yeah. these games are built for the old system, so they still kind of go through the loop of having to load mm. and then being like, and we did it fast, and then we're back. But that it always cuts to the load screen, and I feel like it takes longer for those games to load into the load screen and then go zing done and then load out of the load screen. <laughs> like the yeah, transitions, no, very much so. transitions very take much longer so. than the actual loading of data. Um, all right, let's get into the main topic. Big piece of news that's come out this this past week. Uh, Resident Evil did a, uh, I think they just called it Resident Evil Showcase from memory, yeah. Um, 
nine o'clock, first thing I want to say, nine o'clock Friday, I was like, wow, what a concept to have, to be able to watch something like this at 9 a.m. Australian time and not at fucking 4, 5, 3 a.m. or something like that. I was like, man, this this is some good shit. Like, this is this is why when I... I like when the streams are coordinated for uh, Japan time, not us. American time, because then they work yeah. out quite well for us, <laughs> <laughs> not for... Uh, uh, American times, but that's great. Uh, so what they showed off was they had a brand new cinematic trailer. They had a uh, gameplay sort of walkthrough demo, showed off some combat monsters, uh, introduced us to s- some new characters and places we haven't seen before, including the, the main centerpiece of all these trailers was this uh, big castle mansion. Uh, then you got these vampire women and you've got their leader, who everyone on the internet was just calling the tall lady, but her name's like Lady something or rather. I didn't actually look at that, look it up because ninety nine percent of the internet's just going to call her tall lady for the lady rest of her fucking Elizabeth? life. So it's like starts with D something or something like that. Lady Dom, yeah, Dom wow. something. I don't know. Anyway, tall lady. Uh, everyone loved if it was her. a man, they know his know his name. Nah. Oh, I don't. Uh, that's not. No. Uh. I don't know. Um, they well, they didn't even say in the trailer. It was released in a little blurb thing yeah. after anyway. Uh, and then, so yeah, let, let's 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 focus on that because the, the other stuff wasn't that exciting. But I'll cover it after this briefly. Uh, Kieran, what do you what did you make of the the trailer for Resident Evil Village? And are you excited for what you saw? I'm I'm really excited for it. I think it is. It looks fantastic. Like I really like it. I think Resident Evil Seven is actually a quite a good looking game in terms of graphical kind of nature. And I think this game looks even better and more stunning. Um, I have one pet peeve that I really hate and it, kind of this trailer once again brought it out where it is, the, especially the last kind of generation of games where developers started putting in random choices in games, but it's quite clear that those choices actually don't matter. And so Resident Evil 7 had a choice in it and because this is a direct follow on, it's clear that there is one canon choice, and that shits me. It's like, what's the point of having the choice? So, as someone who hasn't played Resident Evil 7, but at this stage is well aware that I deserve to have it spoiled for me because we're talking about the sequel, what is the mm-hmm. choice? Um, there's a choice to keep one of the... It's to choose who gets a um, vaccination for the oh, virus, for the virus? Okay. they've got on. And one of them is either um, Ethan's... I can't remember her name now, but Ethan's wife. girlfriend or f- yep. wife or partner. Um, the other one is like some other random character. Okay. And um, even the choice in Resident Evil 7 is actually ends up being semi-pointless. Um, so, but yeah, it's, so in this, that it would have been his wife or girlfriend. Or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like quite clearly, it is like she has to be in this for this story to make sense. I think actually this trailer reveals a fair bit about the story in one way or another um as to kind of well it's it's uh ethan's daughter years later after seven is kidnapped by it seems chris redfield uh taken to wherever this is fucking scandinavia or some shit it's somewhere somewhere in europe (laughs) i'm presuming it's fucking scandinavia because i don't know vampires and shit uh and then chris redfield gives the the daughter to someone here presumably for some fucking weird reason he's also on the cover the box art cover where half his face is a werewolf so read into that as you will and then the other stuff we got from the trailer i guess is that uh, the tall lady says you escape from her brother. So I presume that's where you kind of start the game. And this is after that. And then also she's on the phone in the cinematic trailer talking to someone called Mother Marana, who I would presume, based on the way she was talking about her, that she m- presumably, I'm going to say, is 
straight up just the mother of her and her brother, right? It's just a whole family affair, mm-hmm. much like Seven's a family affair. That's how yeah. that's how I And I can it. definitely see this continuing the trends of Resident Evil 7, whereas different portions of the game will be centralized around a different family member mm-hmm. of the of this kind of vampire, werewolf, family, whatever. Um you're, I was like watching it at first. I was like, "Oh, cool! We're, we're doing this werewolf vampire thing. Cool." At the same time, Resident Evil without zombies is kind of sad. I wish you know I like there being zombies in this game um, because even Resident Evil Seven didn't have zombies. It had like weird um, creatures, but then the zombies popped up in this, and I was like, "Holy fuck! That is uh, that 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 looks awesome! Like that looks really great! Like just the small horde of zombies they have walking towards Ethan." In the, um, court, in the outside in the area. like yeah, underground like low light area was, oh, yeah, uh, yeah 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 where they had like hoods and stuff up um looked really cool like I'm, I'm really excited like there is definitely you watch it and you definitely there are definitely um moments where you're like oh that's a puzzle oh they're showing this weird statue that's a puzzle that's a puzzle like that's something you have to pick up um so it screams resident evil like it, it just looks fantastic and i'm really excited for it yeah i i um I I really like this trailer. Uh, I, I was liking all the the vibes, and it just made me really just want to to <laughs> actually go play seven. Finally, also <laughs> you should a go play seven. It's a really good game, and I was really happy that I streamed it. But my god, it? I don't even remember that. Yeah, I streamed my whole playthrough of Resident Evil Seven. Like, like a what two thousand two two three years ago? Yeah, yeah like our first year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was uh, when we were actually streaming on Twitch. <laughs> but <laughs> um but can you imagine this game with if this game takes advantage of PlayStation 3D um sound via it does. Like, the headset? Oh my god, I'm gonna be so that's gonna be creepy as shit. I can confirm be, as someone who played the demo that it does have 3D audio. That's and it's way rough. worse. And, that's um, gonna be so bad. It's rather creepy at times. Um, my so here's my here's my two questions I guess before I kind of move on to other things like demo or impressions on whatever. Um, do you, do you actually believe these are vampire ladies and there's werewolves and yes. do you think that Chris Redfield's a bad guy? <laughs> like well, what the fuck's going on? Um, there? It wasn't this trailer, but the, the last trailer, the the first one they released for this, um, a uh, like a card popped up with like writing that says his story will end here or come to a close. Mm. Um, and a lot of people were either speculating if this was talking about Ethan or Chris. Um, and I think this trailer now leads it a little bit towards Chris. I think a little bit more now we give in that context as well as seeing the box art of him with a werewolf. I think it's an interesting event to happen to make Chris Redfield a fucking werewolf. That is, uh, if that is true, that's that's a hell of a choice. Um, but I think it all lines up overall. Like I really like it. I think it's... Um, to continue to build out this i don't want to say it's not like it's a it's a bit smaller than a cinematic universe they're building for resident evil but they are very much building a world that's just like filled with these horrors and creatures and monsters and like we saw that very early on with resident evil 5 was the first one that no resident evil 4 was the first one they stepped away majorly from the um, straight up t-virus yeah where they yeah to the villages in resident evil 4 and I think, um, especially in Resident Evil 7 and Resident Evil, um, and now Resident Evil 8, they're really doubling down on building out this world a lot more and giving their, stepping away from your usual like Raccoon City and all that kind of nonsense. It's more building out and actually creating a more kind of fulfilled world narratively, which I think is really exciting and really interesting that there's all these like fucked up things and 
man, Ethan is just an unlucky guy. Like he's just uh, just gets thrown in the middle of everything. It's uh, yeah, it's it's quite interesting, and it'll be interesting to see how things from Resident Evil Seven flow over to this for Ethan and the characters in general. Yeah, I, th- I think they've got a better idea at Capcom of what they want to do with the franchise going forward, and that's why they're taking the franchise in this like more supernatural direction. And then when they keep remaking, releasing the remakes of games, they're changing subtle things to help them all actually connect and make more sense now. Instead yep. of so it's it's like they're sort of just making them all make more sense towards because often it was like okay, so we went from three to four, and then from four to five, you're like what <laughs> like it, yeah four so, to five is a weird jump where it's like <laughs> right we're playing as chris now and we're in africa yeah, okay interesting like different strain and yeah they make as much sense as the six movies they made so it all, it all adds <laughs> up. um the other thing they announced that uh so the only other thing they really announced game wise was a, a pvp uh six player deathmatch game that will come free with this it's not going to do very well. I'll straight up say it now. The, the multiplayer that they released with the three remake, no one gave a fuck with, about. Yeah. And all this stuff. Yeah, they, exactly. they keep trying to make these PvP yeah. Resident Evil games and everyone goes, we don't want to play that. No, thank you. Like, <laughs> that's not it's what we're like here the, for. What was that Resident Evil game they released a number of years ago where you played as like an Umbrella Team Fire Squad? Yeah, I can't remember it what it was. It was supposed to be like Corpse something. or something. Yeah, yeah. Something, right. yeah. something like that. And it was yeah. just, they all yeah. they all seem like just rehashes or like let's try that. And this one's like, well, it's got like this comic book art style. Cool. I yep, guess. Like, yeah. <laughs> mm. So that's about it. Do you, do you think that there is somebody in within the Resident Evil franchise, or the owners of the Resident Evil franchise, that is like working on building this in stream? Like we know we've got that weird Netflix Resident Evil Netflix show that's about the four kids in Raccoon City or whatever. Well um so you've got the animated one that they talked about in this stream coming to Netflix. Yep. Which they've done a few of at this point. You've got the Netflix project you're talking about with the kids. You also have a reboot Resident Evil franchise movie coming this year. Yeah. That's a lot so- of that's, uh- <laughs> And they're all separate. You know, and they're all they're all separate, which I which is actually makes me a little bit sad. I wish there was some kind of uh, connection or linkage between the three of them, other than the fact that it's just got the Resident Evil title card on it. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so the, a couple of Resident Evil news stories here. Uh, VG twenty four seven writes that Capcom rebooting Resident Evil four remake project pushed to twenty twenty three. A new report states that Studio M two, which contributed to Resident Evil three remake, is no longer in charge of Resident Evil four remake, and that the game may be pushed to twenty twenty three, according to a report on VGC. Some disagreements between Capcom and M two have led to the latest role in the Resident Evil four remake to be quite significantly reduced, with Capcom Division one taking over development. The report states that the disagreements stem from M2 wanting to remain faithful to the original Resident Evil 4, particularly due to the backlash received from RE3's remake over its exclusion of, quote, significant portions of the original PlayStation game. Capcom instead wants the game to be more or less inspired by the original, with a different take on various elements not part of the original, similar to Resident Evil 2's use of Mr. X. How does that make you feel, Ken? okay so resident evil 2 and 3 i think are okay to mess around with because i think there's a larger time gap between those games and between a lot of people playing those games them tinkering and tampering with resident evil 4 is it's put me in too much because a it makes me a little worried because resident evil 4 in my opinion is one of the greatest games ever created it's fucking amazing and it was kind of mind-blowing at the time of its release um but 
the same time, there's a lot of stuff to fix in Resident Evil 4. A lot of the um, mechanics around Ashley is probably not going to play well anymore. Um, chucking her in garbage bins every five minutes is probably not the way to go. The whole game very uh, fun. It's very fucking weird. So, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> um, so, I think if they can change that around and fix that up, yep. Um, but I think there is a lot to love and a lot to keep about Resident Evil 4 as well at the same time. Um, and also, Leon is... I hope it's like they can continue making Leon so good because I think they did a really good job of um, kind of making Leon a, a more fulfilled character with the Resident Evil 2 remake. Um, so to see him come through that that same Leon come through to Resident Evil 4 and be a more fulfilled character throughout this as well will be really fun to see. Um, as well as I can't wait to see in beautiful 4K the shopkeeper and just the classic well how's it going stranger like just just that'll that'll bring us a tear to my eye when i first hear that while playing it the only thing is is that it's going to be kind of does that mean do you guys think that there'll just be no resident evil game next year 2022 will just be a game nah. a year without a resident evil game Res- resident evil chronicles sure. 3 okay so that's <laughs> no, no no something so, like so that that'd be that'd be weird if they that'd be interesting if they brought out the code veronica games again or something like that or yeah. if they did resident evil zero or resident evil one properly they're, they've never they're just going to put out a tie into the animated series they could do that could be a possibility. We could but go think, a year without one. I mean, we, we're kind of just used to it because the last couple will, of years. Will live. So, like, people will probably people are just getting used to a Resident Evil at the start of every year over the last couple of years. But mm, I mean, def- and this field this year actually has felt a little bit weird that there hasn't been a Resident Evil kind of in the next like couple of weeks. Like normally January end of Jan start of Feb. There's normally it's only been Evil. two years where they've had one. Still feels good. <laughs> you know? Ashley, you were like breaking down the door. At PAX Australia, when Resident Evil 2 was there before release. Never lived like, this down. Out of, <laughs> out of all of us, like you should be the one that is most outraged by there yeah. not being a Resident Evil game this year. <laughs> no, take <laughs> take this your time, time, guys. Yeah. You don't want to be, be another sub-punk. <laughs> um, VG247 oh. also said that Resident, <laughs> Evil, Resident Evil 7 is apparently going to receive next-gen upgrade treatment. That's according to Aesthetic Gamer, a.k.a. Dust Golem, a.k.a. A known and accurate leaker who said on Twitter that Capcom was working on an upgrade for Resident Evil 7 for Microsoft and Sony's new machines. Um, look, I would like to believe this, but to be honest, I'd find it weird that if that was happening, it wasn't announced at the showcase because it would be it would be like, hey, here's a release date. By the way, I forgot to say the release date. It's fucking, uh, what? <laughs> it's uh, May, May, May 7th? May yeah, that's it, May 7th. May, May 7th, Resident Evil Village, um, in case you didn't know. Uh, it would be weird be- for them to just give that release date and then not go, and hey, by the way, you should play the, you should play 7 on your PS5 and Xbox Series X. Hey, here you go. So I don't know. Unless they're not going to do, unless they're, they're the not PS going to... This is an upgrade. This is a next gen upgrade they're talking about. Okay. But but this could be but they could do it. They could Capcom could be really nice and be like, hey, we're just giving you it for free. Like we're not gonna make you buy another one. No. They could do they could do the the free upgrade. No, they could do the free upgrade. They could do the free upgrade. I think that would be a really smart decision to get people to buy it. Not if you got it on PS Plus, like if you actually bought it. Well, either. I don't think it's worth kind of going one way or the other. I just think it's a really good... Cool, like, it'd be an interesting marketing Yeah, because it just costs no money. I just wish that if they were going to do this, they would announce it because here I am like, oh, I should play 7 before 8, but then I read reports of remakes and I'm like, I don't know. 
Don't make me wait. Don't make me Persona 5 Royal, <laughs> this ri- shit. It- <laughs> don't make me Persona 5 Royal. Well, I don't think it'll be a remake. I just think it'll be a... It'll yeah. just up res. It'll, it'll just a- make it look prettier. Even though, yeah, it's already or a good uglier. looking game. It'll just, mm, Depending possibly. on... Like, make the things you're looking at uglier. Oh, yes. I see what he's doing. But in high resolution. Mm, the monsters. More pixels. It'll, it'll, just, <laughs> it'll just be a high frame rate, increased fidelity type thing, but... Wouldn't that make it easier? So it make it maybe worse. some maybe some ray tracing, maybe, maybe like wax some wax some rays in there. Wax some nice. rays in there. Wax some wax yeah. Some just rays? chuck a couple of rays on top of some of the monsters, <laughs> and you're good. <laughs> yeah, sure. You can see the the reflections on of all the draw coming down these zombies' faces. Mm, yeah, you can like look at your Ethan's scared face at each single tier of glistening. Either way, I'm moving Resident Evil Seven to the top of my. It's it's the next thing I gotta do. It's oh, the it's the next thing that's gonna get added to the crappiest Photoshop job. <laughs> in the, in I, I don't know if I'm doing that for this year. I don't know. Maybe. maybe <laughs> I don't know. Don't know. Don't know. That was the thing. Um, but I mean, I gotta. I don't, I don't know. It's maybe. Uh, one review, my first review for, up for 2021, quickly go over it because it's just a, 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 a small game, so there's not too much to say, but it's a, it's a funny little game. I've, the, by the way, the, the first game I, I play and beat that's not that couple hours of COD, uh, I was like, wow, I picked a bit, I picked a good one. Uh, it's called Nuts and it's, <laughs> it's a squirrel surveillance game. Uh, it has a really nice, uh, sort of two-tone comic booky, I don't know what you call it, art style. Um, you, the game is lit. It takes about two to three hours to beat. You, it's somewhere between like Firewatch and not uh, squirrel surveillance, like sort of stuff. But you basically arrive in this forest, and this woman's talking to you on the phone. So lots of Firewatch vibes there. And you get told, "Hey, your job out here is to find out what the squirrel's up to." And you do that by having uh, you can go out into the forest, and you have uh, you start with one camera, and then you get three after the first couple squirrels. And you kind of just have to place the three cameras in a in a certain area based off where you think the squirrel is going to be and which direction it's going to head. Uh, then you head back to your caravan or whatever the fuck it is, and you hit the record. It skips to nighttime, and then you have to fast forward and rewind the footage to figure out and track the squirrel. And then you go to the next day, and you're like, okay, well the motherfucker went this way, so now I'm going to move my cameras on top of this rock, Ooh. on top of this hill, and you got you got you got to try and track it back to its uh, so- base. How long did it take you to find out that all of the squirrels had gone to Mark Robin's parkour course? <laughs> what a meme. You should have wrote the review you've done the fucking the game. <laughs> it's fucking... It's better than anything I had. Uh, no, it does get kind of weird, though. It's like, at first, it's like, hey, you just track these squirrels. You're like, this is fun. And then you go to the, the six levels and they kind of change different areas of this, this forest you're in. And the second one, you track this squirrel back to a cave and it's got dynamite there. And I'm like, okay, well, that's a little bit weird. Like, I don't know why the squirrel has dynamite, but <laughs> that seems kind of oh, dangerous. So it also does the thing that Firewatch did where it started to get weirdly interested and then it totally shits the it, bed at the it's, end it's, <laughs> with some crappy explanation. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's story, it's narrative definitely kind of overshoots its gameplay because it's, it's game like it's a, as I said, it's a two to three hour game. So the gameplay for what it is for the two to three hours, I never got bored. But if it'd been four to five hours, I would have got bored. You know what I'm saying? Like it's 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 mm. good for what it is because it it never really stretches outside of what in it is. In and out, 
Hey, yeah, you like it, you play it. You're like, yeah. this is this is a good time. I'm tracking these squirrels. This is kind of fun. Whatever you, you beat in a couple of hours, like that was that was a fun little experience. But it definitely didn't overstay its welcome. But you could you could see in another world it would have. Um, my, but I mean, my one big problem with the game is that it's it, it never really threw uh, a harder mechanic at you outside of just what you learn at the start, which is you kind of get a rhythm of how you track the squirrel. And by the time you reach the last level, you're like, well, I'm still kind of just doing the same shit. I know they're like, they're checking a few different things at you by having like multiple squirrels that you got to track at times or uh, rain conditions and stuff. But I'm like, no, this is really making it particularly hard. But anyway, uh, so that's nuts. I gave it a six out of 10 full review. Explosion.com, of course, uh, that gets the Steam award of first 2021 review. We'll say it's weird that they're, Using DSLR cameras, I would have thought they'd use GoPros or something. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'm going to be honest. Like, I don't understand easier. the technology and how. <laughs> it's like, what kind of batteries are they? Yeah, I, I don't know. There? There's no cords. There's no, they're, they're literally just cameras sitting on top of these things. But I'm like, whatever. I, I, I won't. I won't question <laughs> the the logic. It's fine. Yeah. All right, cool. Let's get into some other news for this week. So, first one, uh, Australian one that I thought was worth calling out. So. Uh, Big Ant Studios, who uh, does is developer of games like Dodd Bradman Cricket, Cricket 19, IO Tennis, uh, Kotaku put up a story saying that French video game publisher Nacon has uh, acquired them for a maximum price of $54.8 million. Kotaku writes, a total acquisition price is a little malleable according to the official release. In the terms and conditions, Nacon has agreed to pay a net price of 15 million euros, net cash and debt when the goal is signed, with another earnout payable after March 31st, 2024. Uh, Financing aside, the deal is probably the most significant and sizable acquisition of an Australian studio in recent memory. Interestingly, Big Ant is aiming for 9.4 million in operating profit for 2021 to 2022. Notable only because it's quite rare to see the financials of any Australian game dev studios, given most of them aren't publicly traded companies. So I feel like most people know who Big Ant are. If if you don't care for the sports games, they're definitely one of Australia's uh, biggest and longest at this point. Uh, video game developers have been kicking around. Uh, love or hate their sports games, that's that's kind of up to you. But I, this is still quite a a big deal, and I'm like, how how the the stars align to have that French publisher come into talks to to pick them up? You know, it's quite a weird world, but uh, good for them, I guess. You know, got, got to be well, interesting what's going to happen for. I, I don't know if you know this still, but I'm a very well known insider in French developers and French uh, buyers of companies. And um, I actually have uh, direct uh, inside um, kind of recordings of it, and I'll just play for you now. Oh, 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 oh this uh, big ant uh, game developers. Oh, they made the French cricket team no good. We buy them and we make them the wait, best. Wait, French France has a cricket team? Probably. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I actually have no idea. I assume France doesn't play like sport. A, like an amateur one to fill out the World Cup, you know. <laughs> Just make up the numbers. I've got to be honest. As a non-sports guy, when I heard French pu- French publishers brought a sports studio, I, I went, France isn't really known for sports, are they? Like, they're known for arts. Um, <laughs> are they? Uh, Dylan. What? Fr- fr- France's uh, football team is off to, well, Football, soccer, whatever you fucking want to call it, but it's quite successful. But does that count? That's like two or that's, three World Cups. Doesn't every little village yeah. in England and Europe just have a, a soccer team? 
doesn't yeah. count. Well, they do, yeah. That doesn't count. But as a French, I think France has one of the top four. I think. So England's Premier. only won the World Cup once, and France has won it like two or three times. So you're telling me Big Ant's going to be making a FIFA competition. Big Ant Probably is going not. to be playing <laughs> the. <laughs> I'm going to be honest, this recording has a lot of times up really well to what I'm saying and uh, <laughs> came in at the, the right times there. So, yeah, good job on that. Uh, all right. Talking about other acquisitions type news, uh, Kotaku also writes, report Vicarious Visions is working on a Diablo 2 remake. Uh, so earlier today, uh, when they wrote this, Activision announced Tiny Hawk's Pro Skater 2, uh, 1 plus 2 developer Vicarious Visions has been absorbed what a word to use absorbed by blizzard (laughs) to provide support on future projects a few hours later we now know that one of those projects is diablo 2 remake according to bloomberg vicarious visions has been supporting blizzard's team 3 which is also responsible for the upcoming diablo 4 for several months in developing a remake of 2000's diablo 2 far and away the most popular game in the role-playing franchise the remake was originally under the preview of team 1 the group responsible for the much maligned Warcraft 3 Reforged before the project was eventually handed over to Team 3 sometime last year. Team 1 has since been dissolved with some employees transferring to new jobs at Blizzard and the rest let go. Um, so I got to be honest, when I woke up and saw this uh, yeah, Saturday morning when it, when, it, when, it, when it posted, I was like, well, that's a bit fucked, eh? And then I scrolled through my Twitter and everyone else was going, well, that's a bit fucked, eh? So I was like, there you go. That's, um, that's great. I feel like- I guess it was a big fucked, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was a bit fucked. I mean, everybody, everybody was saying that. Right? I mean, it really, like, it's nothing against Blizzard. Like, I'm sh- like, and I'm sh- it's good that all those people will hopefully, you know, Vicarious Visions, maybe they all, as long as they're getting paid, you know, whatever, I'm sure they're yeah. happy or whatever. But obviously, it's hard not to be like, you were doing really cool things over there you know surely they had like proven their value in terms of how good they've been with you know tony hawk one and two and they were like we make diablo (laughs) yeah you know exactly blizzard's like but thing is right blizzard's like hey you can go do what you want and like activision was like hey you guys could do what you want they find out that they're doing a really good job doing the work for kind of somebody else and like hey Idiots, come over here. Work for our team. Like, but like they're like, doing it for Activision. Yeah, but Activision was being weird. They're like, man, just come on over and just just make Blizzard seem cool. They don't. I guess they don't make save, Activision con. So save Diablo. No, there's no Activision con. There is a BlizzCon, and uh, everyone loves that. Everyone always is always happy when they attend those things. And well, as long as they don't announce a mobile <laughs> Diablo game. <laughs> As long as they don't do Assuming that, we're getting Diablo 4 sometime in the next... No way. 24 two, months. Two like years. It's, yeah, I'd say it'll be, well, I think Do it's you really want it. a Diablo 2 remake? I think a lot of people would. Diablo 2 is und, like undeniably one of the that kind of... is For a lot of PC gamers, is a very special game. Because I, Diablo... I was going to say, I think the big difference is a remake of Diablo, people can sink a couple hundred hours into it. They're like, yeah, fuck yeah, this, this is a great game. Diablo 4, when that eventually comes out, will be like, it'll be on the, you know, seasonal rotations, much like 3 was. And yes. like it'll be, yeah. uh, more, whereas 2 is like, here's a great remake of the game you'll love, but we're not like constantly updating it and making new yes. content. So exactly. You can have both exactly. released like a year apart and it'll be like 
fine. Especially with, like, Blizzard has kind of... And it'll be interesting to see this coming February BlizzCon and what they announce or how they kind of um, position themselves. But even in terms of, like, Overwatch and Overwatch 2 is kind of... Even that's looking like it's going to be the end of this year, possibly. Um, Even though it was announced, like, two years ago now. It's... um, Yeah, it's... I think Blizzard has not handled the... Um, change of scenery in terms of working remotely, and I the think they had like a, were having a lot of problems prior to yeah. l- last year. Yes, exactly. They yeah. were having a lot of problems getting this Warcraft uh, Diablo Four game apparently behind the scenes. The stories go they they were like scraping it, starting it again, scraping it, starting in, and apparently Overwatch Two was having a lot of problems of similar issues of just cr- management issues of what are we doing, scrapping it, starting in, like changing things, blah 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 blah. So. I don't know, like I don't know how a remake of Diablo Two fixes any of those issues, but it's uh, it's it's kind of I gotta be honest, I'm kind of disappointed. That's that's straight up how I feel. That I I'd rather have seen Vicarious Visions just kick around, uh, doing these fantastic remakes of Dude. some older games, and everyone loved them. Like you know, yep. no one was like, oh, Crash, Spyro, any of those. I know they didn't make all of them, but uh, that whole thing of Activision between Toys for Bob and them, like all of those remakes, everyone was like, this is good shit. Do some more of these. Remake something else. Make yeah, a new one. <laughs> their remakes are quite different too, obviously Diablo, so it's like yeah, a, quite a jump. So yeah, I don't know. Find Here's out. My question: Yeah, do they retire the name Team One, or are they going to make a new Team One? Well, or does everybody get reminded? It's a stupid fucking name. It's I hate how they're like, oh, <laughs> we've got Team One, Team Two, Team fucking bananas in pajamas. Look on B One, and this is B Two. Silly. Come on. Even at least Ubisoft and other places Wait, are like, well, this is sorry, Ubisoft sorry, sorry. Montreal. Did you just take a shot at the bananas in pajamas in the middle of our podcast? No, no, no. It was just a reference. It wasn't a shot. It's fine. It was just you won't. So you. Okay, I'll take a shot. No, I'll ta- you want to hear my bananas? As long as my bananas in pajamas. You want to hear my bananas in pajamas? Jimmy, 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 Jimmy. Say that ten times. I'll take a fucking shot at this fucking orange peel. I'll fucking. <laughs> the new animation style that they've done for like the last 10 years or whatever. Fuck that shit. <laughs> oh, I'm not talking about, I'm not going to defend the current bananas. The old the one? Like the OG. With those real the motherfuckers one, in those OG. suits, sweating their ass off. Bring back the suits. Yeah. The real fucking bananas. That, you you know, know people are still walking around in those suits. Just put just put a camera Way on. to get rid of exactly. jobs, Australia. <laughs> 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 sure, all these people spent hours and hours animating those, but nah. <laughs> what about the two people in the suits, Ash? <laughs> Listen, you talk, you talk about things ruining your childhood. Yeah, they did. Guys, they ruined my childhood. This is a video game podcast. Yeah, I'm sure there's a bananas and pajama challenges <laughs> podcast. Uh, right, next news story. Uh, so yeah, talking about uh, people on the internet complaining about things, I guess. Uh, so Lucas, let me rush through a couple. Tied in this way. So Lucas film, firstly, is. Uh, now game company. So Lucas Arts to set this up. People remember Lucas Arts from the nineties. They did a lot of oh yeah, they did like uh, uh, Monkey Island. They did Monkey, Monkey Island. Island, all that stuff. That was it. That was a thing, right? So then they. Can I say I was low key disappointed when I realized this because when I first saw this when I woke up, I was like, oh my god, we're gonna get a new Monkey yeah, Island th- game. You and, and then... you and uh, half the internet from what I saw, I think. <laughs> um, so that is a thing that is still dead, uh, and this new story does not make any of that any better so what is back is you've now got lucasfilm games which from the sounds of it is simply just going to be a logo <laughs> it's it's the equivalent of 
Marvel games. Yeah. Yes. Yes. There'll be people overseeing it. Yes. But yes, that's exactly which is, just I think a big yes an umbrella really, for the uh, IPs. Yes. That's a really smart decision from Luke. Well, in that point of view, where you can give these great kind of studios start like entitlement to Lucas uh, properties, but then also at the same time be like, okay, but at the same time have people just being there just to kind of oversee shit and make sure canonically it fits or kind of make sure it can like fit into whatever other plans you've got going on. Well, I think that works really well. Yeah. I guess that's kind of what it's going to be a couple of people that'll, you know, kind of like you've, as I said, you've got the Marvel games, people that are sort of in charge of doing the wheeling and dealing for Marvel games. And you're going to have the Lucas film games, people, working out what's happening here so yeah I, I woke up that morning when that news dropped and everyone was like oh my god they're back i'm like they're not they're not back at all. like not really <laughs> just, but sure whatever uh so this ties into the next two stories obviously so let's start the the bigger one which is it was an uh, kataki writes ubisoft massive is making an open world star wars game ubisoft is partnering with the newly launched lucasfilm games to make an open world game based in the star wars universe wide reports this is apparently this apparently signals the end of ea's previous exclusively exclusivity <laughs> deal regarding the development of star wars games ubisoft massive the studio behind the division will be leading development on the new star wars adventure with julian Garrity, who oversaw the Division 2 and the crew as direct creative director. Wide also reports that the game will make use of Ubisoft Massive Snowdrop Engine, the same one used for the Division 2, but said Lucasfilm Games hasn't yet revealed when and where in the Star Wars universe the game will take place. So let's just quickly get the facts out. EA is still apparently making Star Wars games, to which I say, of course they fucking are. Most people love Jedi Fallen Order and it sold like hotcakes. So you're getting yes, more definitely. of them. Yep. Uh, the, the their exclusivity deal apparently ends twenty twenty. It was supposed to end like twenty three. I think it was the the ten deal. Yes, ten year deal is true. Yes, yeah, so that was apparently supposed to end in twenty twenty three. So in that case, I would ex- maybe this doesn't come out till twenty twenty three. I would assume at this stage, the earliest you see the Ubisoft game is twenty twenty three, like, and probably uh, thereafter. Um, let's start with you then, Kieran, since you the one who had the, the jokes at the start. <laughs> how, how do you feel about? All of this news, Ubisoft making a Star Wars game, EA no longer having the, the hold on the, the license and whatnot. I feel really good. Like, really optimistic for it. Because I think we've seen, up until Jedi Fallen Order, I think in general EA had just massively dropped the ball with all Star Wars attempts at games and content. Um, even though the Battlefront games were good, they just still didn't seem to quite hit the mark um, with everything. Um, and I think we need... I think it was just the fact that up until Fallen Order was renounced and kind of came out and did really well, the only Star Wars games we were getting were Battlefronts, which I think Star Wars has the potential to be so much more than that. Yes, we had um, Old Republic is still kicking around and doing whatever it wants to do. Um, but I think in the mainstream AAA kind of scene, I think there's there's plenty of room for more Star Wars. I think um, it's a perfect time for them to start developing. I would love to find out that this is set like this game is set during the new kind of high republic um timeline that we're currently kind of looking into and starting to explore as like the star wars community and the star wars in general um i think it'd be absolutely fantastic if they like kind of continue to kind of push into that territory with the video game 
but at the same time, I, like EA is, it was just the fact that the, the exclusivity deal I think was the biggest problem. Like, I don't mind EA doing those games. I just think there should be the availability and viability for other studios to get a chance to work on Star Wars properties. We saw how amazingly Insomniac did with Spider Man. I think if if other studios get the opportunity to do that with a Star Wars property and title, I think it's going to be fantastic and a really good thing for all both gamers and Star Wars fans. I would put a I would put a big chunk of money that Marvel's uh, Insomniac Spider-Man had a big part in uh, yes. Star Wars yeah. Lucasfilm looking at this and going maybe that's how we should be doing our gaming licensing going forward. Mm-hmm. They they looked at Marvel's Avengers and went mediocre one. <laughs> Marvel Spider-Man, they went, great one. Maybe it's better not to put all our eggs in uh, one basket. I one thought. basket, yeah. yeah. Ash, what are, what are your thoughts? I mean, it's good for gamers because we're likely to get more games more frequently. I mean, they can't cancel all of them, you know? Uh, so, <laughs> more Star Wars, oh. I guess. I guess it just depends on what and where and when. That's the only thing. You I know. look forward I look forward to the day where Star Wars in video games is mentioned and I don't think about freaking 1313 because that game just was seemed like it was going to be so good. Here's my hot take. That game would never have been as good as everyone li- um, likes to talk about it. Yes. Yeah, everyone, yeah, we yeah. all watched one demo where it, look, it looked cool, but honestly, I can guarantee... Look, this may be a hot take. I would say alternate reality where that game came out, basically <laughs> everything you saw in that demo wouldn't have even been in the final product because that demo was very cinematic it was very much like E3 demo bullshit, which is cool. Like, I love the concept for that game, but boy, do people talk about that like it was going to be the, the <laughs> end all of Star Wars great. games. It was going to be Watch Dogs. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. that's fair. Yeah. Amy Hennig, guys. Amy Hennig. Yeah, but that's she's a story. That one? Like, she's not developed. She's not She's not making sure the gameplay is <laughs> fun and not repetitive and whatever. You know, that's like saying, you know, Think back to Uncharted, the Charter games. Like I, I, most of us look back now and go, yeah, like, like the story was always good in them, but like one's hard to play. Two has two two's kind of has elements that are hard to play now. It's, you know, like it's it's yeah, no, that's fair. Um, my look, I so as someone who likes all of EA's <laughs> Star Wars games, I guess to a degree, like. Like, I don't love Jedi Fallen Order, but I finished it, and I, I, like, it's an okay Star Wars game to me. I don't hate it. I just thought it was an okay game. I didn't love it, which is fine. Um, I really liked Battlefront 2. I think, I, I think that people who rightfully spat it with Battlefront 2 at launch because of the microtransactions have no idea how much work, like, and that was EA fucking over the developer and a lot of the the people who, if you see them on Twitter, developers of that game, how much they loved that game and how hard they had to work to sort of turn the narrative around on that game. And if you boot that up now, it's a fucking fantastic game that has zero microtransactions. It is nothing like how it launched. When it, it went up on Epic Games of a week for free and then it like broke the yep. system as soon as it launched because everyone was like, oh, yeah, I'll give it a go. And then everyone was like, fuck, this is fun. Because you know what? That game is actually quite a lot of fun if you actually dive in and uh, play. Like it's, it sounds and looks great and plays great. Um, I, I didn't go back and manage to finish Squadrons for, for time and whatnot. No, I wasn't enjoying what I was playing of that. And um, I think EA's problem was a combination of they weren't putting out enough to please people and EA was carrying a heavy load of being considered uh, the worst video game publisher uh, around at the moment. Now, I'm going to tie this into my, my hot, potentially hot take here. I'm not happy 
I, I, I don't look forward to a Ubisoft. Everyone's going, oh boy, Ubisoft. Thank God, no more microtransactions. And I'm going, wait, 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 wait. Oh, they, no, there will be microtransactions. Well, it's Jedi Ubisoft. Fallen Order had zero. <laughs> they got rid of them in Battlefront 2. Squadrons had none, right? And uh, Assassin's Creed, the last two, are fucking filled with them. Divisions, you know, like all of these Ubisoft games recently. Uh, Immortals. Is probably Immortals is it full of it as well. well. doesn't surprise me. It's that's that's my point, well. though. Like, Ubisoft is actually, uh, maybe other than 2K, from what I, even though I don't play their games, I'd say, like, they're probably the worst for microtransactions at the moment, to be honest. But the, the, I think for me, the microtransactions isn't the issue. I'm just looking forward to a more, I don't want to say variety, but just something different for a Star Wars game. Like, I don't know why, even though you, now that you're listing them, there is, you know, Squadrons, Fallen Order, Battlefront. I just feel like there was not enough. There wasn't, like, everyone, as you, there was only well, one the, big single player game and people wanted more of those, is the problem. Yeah. Well, yeah. Fallen Order didn't come out till, no, yeah, 2019. Hmm. Yeah. The, they've been making them since 2013. They did fuck all of the license for so long. It took them, and, yep. and that was because they kept cancelling. Like, People forget, there wasn't just... So, everyone likes to go, 13, 13. That was cancelled when Disney brought Star Wars, right? But yeah. EA had two Star Wars games that they cancelled, maybe even more that we know of, like, between um, that Vicarious Visions one that was uh, that was cancelled a couple of years ago, like, that, that they showed behind footage of at some point. Like, there's probably more that we didn't even know about. So, they just didn't release them, which is the problem. Um, look, I'm just, I'm just being the... I, I, you're trying to be level-headed I'm trying to be level-headed and... for a few reasons because the other thing I'll say is this I played both divisions I enjoy playing the divisions you know what I don't like in the division the story the story the is fucking terrible of... it yeah. is yeah. basically propaganda <laughs> to, to a degree uh, and I find it so so was it propaganda oh yeah like it is like Tom Clancy's writing is very much like uh, uh, but that's Tom Clancy's writing though that's not those issues shouldn't carry over into Star Wars. Well, hopefully not. But, I'm, but it's hard not to go, okay, so the team that made The Division is going to make a Star Wars game. And I'm like, okay. So I, 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 I'm mildly optimistic, I'll put it. Like, it's, it's not exactly like, a, a team that's exciting me, me from even, a story point. It's not even, the thing that excites me the most isn't even Ubisoft and the team making a game. It is the hope and the opportunity and the possibility for what other studios can now make, potentially make a Star Wars game. Yeah. Like, what yes. other... Like, I would love, like... Um, Give me a cantina simulator. <laughs> like I would love, like, go to an indie dev or, like, a small developer and be like, here's a Star Wars like, license for this one. Go fucking at it. Go have some fun. Like, Starship go- Repair 2019. Well, the, the funniest thing has always been that the, the VR games are always sort of, like weirdly outside the bubble like oh you can make those yes ea doesn't have the yes <laughs> the the pull on those yeah. apparently so i was making those which uh for the most part of all uh, good i still haven't played that last one that came out towards the end of last year i still need to actually go play that um but that's interesting. is that the darth vader one from last no year? it was uh i can't it was, uh, droid one. It was it droid, droid something yeah droid yeah i can't remember the name of it though uh play as c3po uh no you don't play as him he's He's there. <laughs> he's, he's a character in the That'll game. That'll be very, very limited movement that is probably very easily you just programmed had to mimic into VR. It. That's, That's why. Arms, like, <laughs> That's why it's a VR, yeah. Um, if I had to guess, though, what this game will end up being, uh, as much as I would love Kieran's whole, like, let's make it in the High Republic, I'd be all, all about that for sure. I'm going to... 
I'll be very fucking surprised if it's not just set in the Mandalorian timeline at some to some degree. Also true. That's that seems like the most obvious choice to me personally. Like that's the thing. If you go to Star General Public Star Wars, people are like, well, some people like the the trilogy of movies divided the fan base. The what is the one thing that most people seem to be on board with? The people Mando, Mando. You know, like well, everybody <laughs> as everybody kind of right now. When you when you yeah. look at right now, when you but the thing is, at the minute, Mandalorian is the thing that the uh, sequel trilogy should have been. Like Mando is the thing that breathes more life and further expands the Star Wars universe, um, and kind of gives more context about the world post Empire. I mean. Does it <laughs> but it keeps coming back to stuff. <laughs> well, it keeps coming back to Luke Skywalker. Yeah, I. Yeah, that odds was of Luke Skywalker appearing this game. Zero spoilers. Zero none. I'm gonna say it's a third person. Uh, that it's gonna be the third person bounty hunter type game, or that everyone wants. That'd be pretty that's cool. set during. Yeah, that's set during. Uh, like the Mando timeline. Where maybe you'll cross over with a couple of characters you'll recognize. Maybe you run into fucking Timothy Oliphant's character. I don't know. You know, like that. That's a, That is the thing that makes the most sense to me. If I had to pick a timeline and and thing that makes sense, that would be it. The reason I would say uh, High Republic won't happen is because they've only just started fleshing it out. There and won't be not enough. There won't be like a movie the, or yeah. anything to kind of. There's not enough material. The Republic involved. Yeah, like there's not enough. Yeah, that's fair to get like a game there i would love for a game in the future to be set there but yeah um for me as you're saying the most exciting thing about this is the idea of someone else doing it like this ubisoft game doesn't excite me but the idea of a different studio getting a chance at star wars outside of ean ubisoft someone else i don't know who that excites me so we shall see hopefully they they announce more things because it's so funny to think back even when when i was a kid like we used to get star wars game Either a movie tie-in or like a random racer or a fucking I remember how Street good Fighter ripoff. The, like, <laughs> like how just, good the Phantom Menace tie-in game was. Like that game was really good PS on PlayStation One. one. one? Yeah, yes, I think that's, yeah, that's probably one. actually my favorite Star Wars game of all time. Yeah, I played it was it fantastic. Over over. Like it was <laughs> such a cool single-player game as well as a really good co-op. Experience. I played it with my like it was, yeah, I played it with my yep. brother all the time. I think we had like an after-school club or something that had a PlayStation One, and that's what was there for us to play in it. It was really good. Great game. And everyone, it's so funny to think about playing that. I had no idea that. Meanwhile, the internet's on fire with the fanboys at the time. Like, fucking Jar Jar Binks yeah. World Star Wars. I'm like a, a kid's like, oh, I fucking love this guy. Yeah, yeah this guy's awesome. Have you played as a Gungan? Yeah. Uh, he's in it for no. he's in it for, Jar Jar's as... in it for quite a bit. No, in the new game, I want to play as Gungan. Oh, I'll tell you what, no, shout outs. Character that. select. One shout outs. There is a Gungan uh, Jedi in the High Republic. Oh, damn. It's good shit. <laughs> Look forward to our Star Wars podcast coming sometime. Nisa, lighter your saber. There's been some really weird impressions and accents. So using the It's mostly coming from me, but you know, it's I'm glad Dylan. Because I listened to an audible, the guy did it with the like the Gungan like tone with the the audio audible thing. So I was like I was like walking while and he showed up for the first time. I just started laughing. It's like Misa, I think the. It's <laughs> good shit. This, this is why the audible. Misa, think the force be with <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is fucking great. Love this. Uh, so the other Lucasfilm tie-in thing was that Bethesda Studios uh, Machine Games has announced that they are making a new Indiana Jones game. 
Uh, and they published a short teaser that doesn't show you fuck all. It's a bunch of like Indiana Jones related items on a thing. Uh, Kotaku writes that the game will feature an original story and be a collaboration between Machine Games and Lucasfilm Games with Todd Howard as the executive producer on the project. Uh, Bethesda didn't reveal anything further about the game in its brief Twitter thread and wrote, it'll be some time before it's any more information to share about it. Uh, yeah. I look forward to them killing off Martinus so they don't have to have him in this upcoming season. Probably. No, I just think it's interesting. It's interesting that Bethesda gets this, where it's like, we're still waiting on more information about how Bethesda's operating in the future with the X, with now being a Microsoft um, developer. It's like, okay, so is the indie game... Just an I fucking hope so. Game. I hope so. I think they'd be fucking sick. Oh, that's the right choice so for them to make. That. Like when when Sony's over here with Uncharted, they, and they don't if they don't take the chance to literally just make the original Uncharted an exclusive yeah. for Xbox, I'll be like, "What are you doing?" Like, like I'm a Sony guy, and I'm telling you to do it. It's the, the right yeah. it's the right business choice to make. Fucking lock off the indie game. Uh, as for this, as much as I like Wolfenstein, I can't picture. <laughs> Um, an Indiana Jones game made by Machine Games at all. And I've got to be honest, I can't picture an exciting Indiana Jones game that stars Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones. Like, No, I think it's got to be, um, I don't know, another, well, this is, throwing back to the the era of Monkey Island, there was um, Indiana Jones and the Lost City of Atlantis, which was a point-and-click adventure. Played it, never finished it, it, was too hard. Available was, on... Yeah. Xbox Game Pass, is it? I think so. Is it really? I did not know that. Um, it, it's a fantastic game. It is hard because it is classic point and click. You combine this random item with this random item to solve this puddle here. Um, but that was a fantastic game, and that has nothing to do with Indiana with Harrison Ford. So I think if you continue to push Indiana Jones as a character and not a as not Harrison Ford, I think that's the way to go. I think that's like a perfect. I, way I, to go with it. I, yeah. I think either it has to be young indie, so it's it's basically a new character at that point, or they are basing it on whoever's passed the hat in the upcoming film. Because I presume that someone's going to get past the hat that's not Shire because he's been cancelled. So, um, one of those. Sorry, choices. I got confused. It's Indiana Jones and the Emperor's Tomb is going to be on Xbox oh, Game Gold Live. What's that one? I don't think I'm for February. I don't think I know that. Uh, came out two thousand three for Xbox or something. For Xbox, Microsoft, Windows, PlayStation two. Okay. Do not recall that one. Does it have screenshots? Does it look like an action game? What's the? It looks like an action game. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because I guess the problem with an it, with an it doesn't look like it's Xbox. <laughs> it's kind of it's actually kind of interesting when we, when you think about the next. I know it's it's weird between them making an indie game and. Um, IO Interactive, which I'll talk about in a minute because of Hitman, the, they're making a James Bond game. It feels oh, like all these, so it's like a sort of resurgence of not licensed movie tie-ins, but people going, you know what? Let's just try and make good games. And I feel like it all comes back to Spider-Man personally, like to a degree. I've been like, for years, everyone was like, you can't make good movie-based video games. Everyone, like they always turned out shit or whatever. No one ever like, well, I know you could kind of taste it back to, I don't know, Batman to a degree. Like there's there's only a handful of I just think it's um I think it's just showing the viability of not doing these franchises in the old manner they used to where they used to go to some random lower tier studio be like hey you have 9 months you have yeah you have 9 months to pump out this game you don't have the license to use the actual voice actors or the actual actors for this 
go quickly make something and make sure it releases at the same time as the other movie. Like having those crappier tie-in titles that were really bad, I think it's been showing the viability of, no, 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 go put some money and invest in an actual studio to make you an actual game and don't worry about it being tied into a movie. People will love it and play it and have a greater impact in general for your fan base as well as bringing in more people to enjoy your franchise. Uh, yeah. Uh, Ash, do you, have you watched Indiana Jones? <laughs> yes, I've watched... <laughs> I've watched all four films. Oh, okay. Even. Yeah, that's why I can make the much joke. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's interesting, obviously. Machine games know how to fight Nazis, so it's got that going for it. Uh, <laughs> you know, I just want to see what the whip physics are like. Are they going to spend three years working on how to the whip? make the whip feel good? Oh. Yeah. So, are you so. comparing that to like God of War needing like, yeah. working so hard on the axe? Like the whip yeah. has to be as. So you could also no, relate it to Last of Us Part Two, where they spent a fuck ton of time, or at least one person did, getting the physics of the rope in that game, and you use it for two puzzles yeah. in the entire game. One that's one that's uh, mandatory to that early part in the game, and there's another part where you have to like to get a collectible. You have to like break a window to swing a, a rope around a, a lampshade yes. to swing to something. Yeah. And that's the only two one. fucking times I think. Maybe there's one I I, I haven't. There's probably done, one. But, there's a couple more. Yeah, I think, but either way, like someone spent so much time on the rope physics in that game, and it's like you use it for the most <laughs> like random things. It's not even like a core part of the game. Yeah. Um. Interesting. Hitman 3 came out on whatever day. I can't even remember now. Anyway, I've played... 20th. Sounds about right. It's the 20th. Yeah. yeah whatever day. I've was. played uh, the first couple of missions, played a few hours of it. Uh, very much enjoying it. So this is just my early impressions, of course, but I'm, I, 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 I am enjoying it. So to, to set up, I played Hitman 1, never finished it, uh, never went back. I think that was actually caused by the seasonal release that just... Because they went episodic, yeah. Where they were like, yeah, but, but unlike just, Life yeah. is Strange and stuff, it wasn't like the sort of I'll sit remember, down and play it like an episode of a TV show. It's like, oh, it's like a yes. full on game. It's just you know, like I don't really like I'm, I don't feel like Hitman anymore. Like I'm kind of yeah. I remember playing the hell out of the first like the training level in the first Paris level of Hitman One, and then just never going back because I just forgot about it in amongst everything else that was yeah. coming out in the maps game. Um, and then Hitman 2, I don't remember why I didn't care for it. I don't know if there was just a lot happening that year or something. I just never played that either. Uh, Hitman 3, those come out a good time. Dylan, it's all right to say why you didn't play why it. Why didn't I play it? I can't remember. You tell me. No platinum trophies. That's actually a good, very good point. That's pro- that Because very- don't waste your time on something with a fucking platinum trophy, buddy Watson. It's fu- it's fucking. Uh, you should see that. I, I um when they posted on Twitter that Hitman Three had a had a platinum, I was like, wow. I can just imagine me and Buddy oh. going out for drinks tonight, celebrating this. <laughs> you know, sometimes pro- silent protests. Work. I was like, man, I, I don't even know if I'm going to get the platinum, but fuck, it's just nice knowing that it's there. You know, it's just you got to do what yeah. you got to do. 
Uh, anyway, so I jumped into Hitman 3. I did because uh, all the reviews... I didn't get early accesses. I, I paid real money, real hard-earned dollars for, to pick this up on day one. Uh, so I did read the reviews and people were like, oh, it's like a, a lot more story in this one. I was like, cool, that's interesting. But also now I have to read up on the story, hey? So then I went on Wikipedia, just did a, a skim of the plot. And I was like, okay, that's a lot. But sure, I'm kind of up to date. Uh, Hitman 3 does open with like a couple-minute cutscene that kind of skims through everything. But... If you're going to do what I do and just jumping straight through there, having played one or two, really, then yeah, I would say either find a YouTube video that tells you the story or um, just read the Wikipedia like I did. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 more of that classic Hitman game play that everyone loves. Uh, the first... So, is it two levels or three? I can't even remember that. The, the, well, yeah, the first level's kind of uh, set in, I think it's Dubai. And it's like this giant mm-hmm. tower... And you gotta take down two people inside it, and it's a massive area. And I was like, "Cool, this is like the the this is the classic Hitman gameplay where you know you're swapping outfits, trying. There's many ways to take down your targets. I ended up kind of trapping them both inside of a room, and then instead of just taking them out uh, nicely, I kind of just walked straight up with a, a knife, stabbed them both on the ground, and then so instead of hiding their bodies, I just left them there for people to find because I was like, it's a fucking badass. I'm going to walk out of here like a motherfucker. <laughs> but so far, my favorite level, I think it is the second level. I'm trying to remember if I've played two or three now, but I feel like I've played three actually. Uh, but the second level, I think it is, is my favorite so far. You, It's kind of, it's weird. It's not even like a real hitman level because it's like a, a murder mystery like you're rocking up I've read this. yeah so it's it's so interesting because you can just play like a normal hitman level i guess where you can just walk in and find the person and kill them but like how fucking boring uh so you you, <laughs> you walk in you get to this sort of mansion thing that's out in the middle of fuck nowhere like country sort of area and when you're arriving there there's private investigators arriving there too and then uh, Diana or whatever her name and says, you know, Agent 47, find out what the hell he's doing. So you, you sort of tail him inside the building, you know, sneak around, do these sorts of things. And then you find out he's there to investigate the death of, I think, the person you're coming to kill's brother. Or something. I can't remember who the fuck it is. Anyway, this person's dead and they're all ruling it as a suicide. Um, but as I said, the, the funniest thing is the person you're there to kill is walking around this house. And once you get the private investigator's disguise, the amount of times I could have just straight up killed this woman and just left and like finished the mission was plenty. Like I passed her so many times, but for, at the same time, I'm like, no, like I'm now playing knives out. I feel the game or something like that because it, <laughs> you just start putting on that it, thick texas accent i mean it kind of literally was though because you got i first go into this room that's what i'm saying it's the weirdest hitman level because i go into the room where the, the the body's dead and i'm scanning it with my camera and you're finding clues and you're looking at the wine bottle for poison and you're tracking all these bits of evidence and all this sort of thing and then you go around the house this massive mansion and you're literally interviewing every one of the relatives and, you know, it's like a younger son who's like the hip sort of cunty one from <laughs> fucking Knives Out or something. And then you've got, um, you know, the older sister. And, like, it's a massive family. I think you have to interview, like, five, six people. I'm like, tell me this is not <laughs> somewhat inspired by uh, <laughs> Knives Out. And it doesn't have, like, quite the punch or the comedic value that Knives Out has. But I still felt like I was playing Knives Out the video game. And then after all this, you can sort of – there's several times where you could frame it on the wrong person or – all this weird stuff. And I kept being like, man, this is so weird. Like, and then after an hour or so, I finally finished the level and I, I end up killing my target by, um, I go up there, tell her, cause I figured out who killed the person, which I won't spoil because you know, I don't want to spoil who, who actually killed the person or what's going on. But I tell this woman who 
what's actually happened. And then she's like, well, what? Who done it? Yeah, I was like, here's who's done it. Like I, I tell her in her office. And then she's like, well, what do you want for your reward? Do you want cash, this or what, whatever? And you can ask her for the file on the, 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 like the person you're actually trying to find in Hitman 3, like the big head honcho of the evil organization or something. So you ask her for the file and she's like, oh, I knew you would come for me, but I didn't think you'd help me solve a murder before trying to kill me or something like this. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is going on right now? And then she like gives you the file and she walks off. And I was like, because she just walks out onto this balcony and I'm like, and Diana in your ears like, well, you should still probably kill her. I'm like, okay. So I just walk out, push her off the balcony. She falls to her death. And I just walk out. <laughs> no one gives a fuck. Everyone's like, oh, she <laughs> fell. <laughs> I'm like, I just solved this she murder. She just fell off the balcony. Yeah. I'm like, she, I just spent- she threw herself off the balcony after I told her the truth. Yeah. Like, huh. I was like, I just spent an hour playing Hitman 3 where I was really playing private investigator for an hour only to finally kill someone by going, oh, whoopsie. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "What the fuck is this game?" Anyway, so but that sounds fantastic, though. Like that it sounds is. like a really cool thing because, like, you could have probably finished the mission like I super mean, quickly, like, and been like, "That, that sounds up. promising for what they're doing next." Yeah, that, that mm, definitely. I think between that and the fact that, um, so in the first level where you're playing the the Dubai level, you you start it on like the side of the building, and you got to climb up this like skyscraper on the side of the building. It feels very uh like spy mission possible slash James Bondy type feeling stuff and then in that one where you're like interviewing all these people and sort of mingling in this house and doing all these sorts of uh, sorts of things i was like you know what like i was kind of at first being like i don't know if they could do a i don't know if hitman translates well to sort of james bond but so far from what i'm playing for uh, hitman I'm like, yeah fucking i'm way more excited for this james bond game after after having played this one for sure than i was do based you- off hitman one the only thing that was made me, f- I don't want to say reluctant, but uh, the thing that kind of made me a bit wary about purchasing this game on release was when I found out there was only like six missions or six levels in this um, game. And, and I think, I know, I understand that now Hitman is about replayability with doing the same missions different ways or having different challenges on different maps. Um, but still, six felt like a, like a, a bit of a kind of limited amount the first i think to... the, f- the first two basically had the same amount or whatever so it's not oh really okay. and i mean right. that's the thing like so for instance i spent over an hour playing private eye when i could have killed that person by just shooting them or whatever yeah and the game gives you you know challenge lists and stuff it's like shoot the person while they're doing this or like in the first there's one thing in dubai where i killed i killed both the people in the room uh, for all for all I know, when I start the mission, these two people are going to kill in complete opposite places. And one of the challenges says to kill them while they're skydiving. And I'm like, oh, how the fuck do I make them skydive? Like, so, <laughs> you know, um, I, you just go in, change the schedule. Yeah. Oh, I, guess I, I mean, maybe it could be as simple as that. I, I that's the thing. Like, I'm trying. Uh, I honestly could have, when I finished that first level, uh, the Dubai level, I could have. Pro- probably just click replay and i wanted to click replay because by the time you finish it the amount of opportunities you've seen for different routes but then you kind of just stick to the one you've started on you're like i'll, I'll go about finishing yes. it this way because there are like story sort of ways to finish it that gives, gives you it's like you should try doing it this way this way this way kind of well, li- hold you a little bit that's one of the things where i guess in the previous ones from the limited amount of they play them on watch other people play them where you can make decisions but that doesn't really feel to seem to feel like narrative impact or like impact on the world around you from your decisions. Whereas I, everything I read about this one is the fact that because of the way it is set up, 
there are there is impact on the world around you from your decisions in game. Like there are different events that are happening and stuff like that, which I'm like, yeah, well, that's really cool. Like, so in that first level, those two people I killed. Um, I know I, this is look. We're talking about Hitman Three, so if you haven't read the Wikipedia by now for a spoiler for Hitman Two, here we go. I, so I can't remember who it was, but like in Hitman Two, I think it was or something. If this person who was like trained in the orphanage where Agent Forty Seven was or something, he finds him. So I, I can't remember if he was his brother or not. Fucking, I don't know. Maybe it was just a young, a young <laughs> friend or something. Anyway, Agent Forty Seven lost his memory. He gets his memory back and remembers him. Anyway, they're they're friends now. And at the start of this game, when you're infiltrating this tower in Dubai, you're trying to get revenge on these two people or whatever. And the way I did it was when I trapped him in the room, that other dude like appeared on a television screen in the middle of the room and like gave him a whole message oh, and was like, hey, I'm here to fucking kill you. We're going to extract our revenge. You know, sort of one of these things. And as soon as you see stuff like that, I'm like, well, if you choose to finish this story by not doing the like story way and you just like kind of go for cheap, cheesy kills, you're missing out on the cool story stuff but i guess like more power too is like <laughs> you know you can do whatever you want because it, it obviously takes longer to do them the 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 way it wants you to within the story you have to do a lot more fucking around and like ha- like in that level I had to hack into things and all this other sort of shit whereas you could just be like well i'll throw a coin and i'll get them to like hide in a corner and be like oh the ai is not gonna see me oh you're dead like <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't help but when the first level was kind of revealed to be Dubai, I couldn't help but hope that there was a lot of the like. I couldn't help but like thinking, man, like <laughs> Mission Impossible references or Fast and Furious references. I'm like, if Agent Forty Seven gets to jump a car from one uh, tower to another tower, not, I'm sold. Not that I've I mean, had so like, far, but maybe maybe I'll dive back in. Uh, maybe you just haven't found the right. Room. I haven't found the right exactly. rooms. True, but possibly I haven't. There's how many floors in the building? Like you've got to like your first step is you go and you fight Ronda Rousey in the bedroom while you're stealing the coats from there, um, and then you enter the safe room with the platinum gold-plated Bugatti, right? And then you, yeah, it's a whole it's a Listen, whole setup. Kieran, it's all about family. Available now. <laughs> I appreciate this. Is the first arcade couch is twenty twenty one. I think we've plugged. That's the third show at this point. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking plug nation over here. Uh, but no, I I am really enjoying it and. It's, I, I would say, because I know, I think Ash to a degree is like, oh no, like stealth game, not, not, not really my thing. And I feel like that's, uh, s- some people get turned off by the stealth thing. I feel like there's enough hand holding if you want it. And if you can, you can even put it on the easier difficulty where it's like, well, you can just enjoy the, the memes. Cause some of the depths you get to do, like, so I replayed the tutorial for this, even though I, I did it for the first one. It's the exact same tutorial from the first game, but I just replayed it because I was like, I'll reequate it myself. Oh, the one on the boat? Yes. The, that. Uh, the so you do one? that. I really enjoyed that, that first, anyway because I did that And then there's a level after where you got, you got to kill this dude that's like in a jet plane. I don't know if you remember cool. that. But that's it's it's all like fake tutorial. No, I do remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, for example, that's a funny one where if you do it the right way, you like rehook up the ejector seat and then you lead this dude down you're like hey just get in the jet plane yes, we're no, just gonna force him to test yeah. it yeah like hey no, just strap you have your seatbelt on like, you have to you have to like play it with like a chess game as well in another one and like win the chess game or like there's all yeah. so there's, yeah, there's like so many it's hitman hitman's a weird game where it's like ultra serious at times like oh you know global conspiracy and all this stuff but then you know, if you look on Twitter, you're seeing pictures of people dressed up in clown outfits, fucking shoving bananas in people's throats to kill them. So, I, it's a it's a weird game. It's a it's a it's at times a rather interesting and weird game. Uh, so, what's the story? You get the previous two games with this one, or no? So you can play no. 
one and three's levels in this if you own them or actually uh, you, you have to buy them. So it, it's it's just more of a... You can play those levels in this one with the upgraded visuals and it's frame a, it's rate. It's a platform. Yes. Yes. To be able to. Yes. And if you and you can get all the trophies for them as DLC as part of this one if, if, if you're chasing that sort of thing. Those so. platinum? No, they're just DLC, which I, I appreciate that they kept Hitman 3's trophy list separate to get the platinum and the... Those ones are just yeah, DLC, okay, so yeah. that that all adds up. Um, but anyway, cool. I'm enjoying Hitman Three. I'm glad I, I'm glad I picked up. And I think it released at a good time of the year. If it released at like you know, if it released next to something else that I care more about, I may not have played it. So uh, yeah, kind of glad that it, it did. It's kind of open season at the moment. So yeah, at the best January is like a good port. It good is. Put something big out. Um, fill uh, that Resident Evil hole. Definitely. Uh, yeah, and with the the six levels or whatever, it's like you, you, I can tell them going to finish the you're going to finish the story very quickly if you're just doing it level 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 but then you'll still have so many challenges and uh ways to to kill the people in all the other levels and that is it's not like a forced replayability it is something that you want to do you know you're not like oh i better do this it's like you want to do and i think um i would direct you to a really good job of making the improving the replayability of those games like i remember and I think Hitman 1, one of, like, the special targets was, like, Gary Busey. Or for Hitman 2, I think yeah, they had... Right. um They had... Sean Bean was a was a target in another yes. one. Like, um I think they did really good... I presume um, they're going to do stuff like this for this one, just not at launch. Launch week, I presume. Yeah. Because yeah. I know they can make your own contracts, do other people's contracts or something like that. So I, I just haven't touched yes. any of that stuff yet. They do that. I look forward to seeing uh, a bunch of influencers in the game, Future Assassin. Well, you know, getting injured in this. Like, there was one where um, <laughs> I think there was an Achievement Hunter video where one of the cast members um, fried a bunch of people, like, via electricity, via a puddle. And then uh, IO Interactive included a reference to it in, like, one of the next missions okay. as somebody talking about it. I was like, that's really that's cool. Funny. That's a really cool little kind of... That, I guess that's the benefit like of releasing those episodically is that you can't... Uh, they got to react to people's likes and dislikes about yeah. the other levels and, Previous yeah, one, and, yeah. and do things. But, I mean, this is the third one, so I feel like at this stage they were just... We got this. Also, the weirdest thing about this is... This, they self-published this one, and the others were like published by. I oh know it's this Hitman trilogy by Square Enix and Warner Brothers was love one, yeah. So it's like it, it, this trilogy has been published by three different people at this point, which I was like, that's kind of weird, but sure, here we are. Uh, anyway, whatever it takes, yeah, whatever it takes. Anyway, they'll do it for this week's the first episode of Arcade Couch for twenty. 20- 21 you can let us know any questions you have or comments about the show by either tweeting at us or joining our discord of course you can find our twitter handles by heading to explosionnetwork.com slash twitter you can find our discord by heading to explosionnetwork.com slash discord if you liked this episode and thought it was worth a dollar you head over to our Kofi page at explosionnetwork.com slash support and buy us a coffee thank you very much and until next week we'll see you here same couch same time for the rest of the year we're back into it <laughs> no, that sounds evil. Bye. More accents. <laughs> <laughs> I think French people are. Yeah, okay. Yeah, they're they've, they, they're known for their sense of humor, so it's all good. All, all I know is about their economy built built on white flag sales and uh, the factories croissants. around it, but and croissants. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey.
don't forget you can subscribe to the show wherever you're currently listening and you can drop a review if you can. Find more great shows like this and more content over at ExposureNetwork.com and please consider supporting us for as little as a dollar over on our Ko-fi page by heading to ExplosionNetwork.com slash support. Thanks for listening.